This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c Welcome to this week's episode where I welcome back Melissa Guerrero, who is a certified lactation counselor and founder of Pump Mama Pump on Instagram. You probably heard her on the podcast where we talked about 10 misconceptions of pumping, and she joins me to talk all about how to navigate pumping when going back to work. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. Hey, thanks for having me back. Tell me again why you became a lactation counselor and also why you started Pump Mama Pump. Oh, absolutely. So my first baby was born a month early, which landed him with a brief stay in the NICU. So the NICU nurse taught me how to exclusively pump. Before that, I didn't know it was a thing. And I didn't have the support that I needed right away other than that NICU nurse. And I felt very, very alone. So I started Pump Mama Pump after my first exclusive pumping journey and before my second exclusive pumping journey to be who I needed Um, and give moms that education, that motivation, that support they need, whether they are exclusively pumping, or as we're going to talk about in this episode, returning to work and pumping, or maybe even just pumping occasionally and nursing otherwise. So I got my CLC certification so that I could fill a need that is not really that prevalent in the lactation professional community, which is someone who specializes just in pumping. And that's me. (laughs) Awesome. And we actually talk about that in episode 83, which we recorded together. Make sure you listen to that one too, where me and Melissa go over, like I said, misconceptions that people have about pumping. We talk about exclusive pumping in particular, um, but it's so important. We also talk about just that void that we found on social media and what she's filling by creating Pump Mama Pump for lactating people who really want that sort of support, which is so needed um, online and, you know, for people to succeed and however they want to feed their baby. So thank you. Yeah. So we are going to talk about now incorporating pumping when going back to work, which like we talked about, this is when many women decide to start incorporating pumping. So I really wanted to talk about that. Um, In terms of when you're starting to think about pumping and incorporating it into a workplace, what are some things that we have to think about? Um, Maybe a checklist, if you will, of what you may need, what to talk to your employer about, things like that. Sure. Um, The first thing to know if you're returning to work is that in the U.S., it's your legal right to pump at work. It's not an accommodation. It's our right to get time and space to pump. It's actually a biological and medical necessity. 
So the first thing I want to encourage you to do is research the law, research the federal law or um, the law for your state and your employee handbook about what they might already have in place for breastfeeding mothers. And what you'd need to look up is from the U.S. Department of Labor and Wage and Hour Division. So I'm sure we can attach that in yeah. the show notes. <laughs> I will. Um, but I want you to, you know, research that law and research what's already in place and see if there's already a designated space for pumping at work. And then speak confidently with your employer, whether it's in person, if possible, or via email and politely and confidently state how many times you're going to need to pump in the workday, how you envision this fitting into your schedule, um, where you intend to pump. Do they have a, a designated space? If not, you can ask for help finding that designated and suitable space. It legally needs to be private and not a bathroom. And then if something goes wrong, I want you to feel okay meeting with your human resources department to communicate those rights and those needs upon your return to work. Oh, my friend, I, you know, before I had my son, I had a lot of anxiety about this because my workplace was not actually supportive of um, the mm. physical space. And I'm in a healthcare field. Um, they were like, well, we can put you in this place and we'll figure it out. And they're like, you know, it was actually a really big problem. And I think it's important that you understand that there are rules, that you need to voice the rules and, you know, make it very clear that there needs to be also space, but also the time to pump, like you said. Like, I mean, there needs to be, hey, whether it's every two to three hours and we'll go over kind of what that looks like, but I yeah. need the time block or something to allow me to do this. And I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know from talking to a lot of mothers, myself included, a lot of the stress and a lot of people's breastfeeding journey may end before they want to because they start work, meaning they start work and they can't meet the pumping goals, they can't meet their deadlines at work or whatever it may be, and then they lose supply and they end. And if that's what they wanted to do, I'm fine. But if that's not what their choice was, and it's because of not having the access of location or the time, that kills me because that's something that we should be providing for mothers, right? I mean, that is something like you said, legally, it should be allowed. So I really appreciate you setting that tone because every woman deserves that right if she wants that in her breastfeeding journey, for sure. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about the logistics of pumping yeah. at work. So you're going to need space, right? So we talked about space not being a bathroom. So space to pump, you're also going to need time to pump. So what does that look like? That looks ideally like two to three pump sessions in your average eight-hour workday, um, which means you need to be real efficient during those pump breaks. If you have a second pump and pump supplies to keep at work, I always think that's the way to go because you don't have to cart them between home and work and risk um, forgetting some parts that you really need to pump at home and getting really stressed out. But other than that, is using those breaks, whether you know it's two breaks and your lunch session, to efficiently pump. And that might mean finding different ways to wash your supplies at work or to perhaps use another method to um, keep your supplies safe between pumping sessions and then wash everything when you get home. That looks different for every workplace. You might not have access to a sink. You might not have access to a fridge. So do you need to use a hard-sided cooler with an ice pack? You know, working all those logistics out before you even return to work can help you more confidently tackle pumping at work once you do return. So there's a lot of things to think about before 
<laughs> and then once you're at work, you can confidently pump during those sessions. So let's talk about those sessions. I want you to prioritize pumping. So I want you mm -hmm. to protect your supply by prioritizing pumping, whether that means setting alarm or scheduling quote meetings yeah. <laughs> into your counts, into your calendar to reserve that time. And then when you're in there pumping, look at your baby, you know, gaze yeah. at a picture of your baby, watch videos on your phone. It can really not only help to encourage your letdown, but it helps you remember why you're doing what you're doing and help you feel connected to baby and that you're actually being productive and you're caring for your baby when you're not even in your baby's presence. It's actually yeah. like a really cool way to bridge that gap um, and that maybe any guilt you're feeling returning to work, knowing that you're still doing something to benefit your baby, even though they're not with you at the moment. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just 2 minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hey, are you loving the show? You're halfway through, so I hope that you are. This is a reminder that if you love the show, appreciate our guests, and want to continue to hear amazing conversations, to leave those reviews and ratings. Reviews and ratings are how a podcast continues to grow and reach more people. And the more people we reach, the bigger we can get, and the more amazing free content we can provide for you. Yes, you may hear some ads like this one, but my goal is to be able to provide free and accessible health, development, and parenting content to you via the show. Leave a review and rating and update reviews after you hear a powerful episode. Thank you for tuning in. One question I get asked is, well, how much time should I consider allocating myself for the pumping? I guess you said you can clean the parts at home, but more so like 
you know, obviously we know that a breastfeeding session can be anywhere from 20 minutes. It can be quick, but what sort of time chunk would you recommend a mother talking to their job about in terms of, Hey, can I have this sort of block of time that I could have to, you know, comfortably do this whole process that I need? Well, you know, that does look different for every mom because some moms can pump more efficiently than others, Mm -hmm. but ideally I'd like to see three half hour blocks. Yeah. Um, now, I have worked with mothers who we make it work in two 15s and a 30, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what a lot of people get in an eight-hour workday. But making it work in two 15-minute breaks and a 30-minute lunch, it's legally, you get more than that. Okay. <laughs> so um, now with that, they might make you clock out, and that's something that you need to talk to your HR about, but they can't terminate you for yeah. that. They can't deny you that time to pump. So if you need a half an hour, mama, take a half an hour and use that time because you're going to need to get to the room. You're going to need to attach your pump, maybe get a good 20 minute session in. You can use some hands-on massage and compression to really get that milk exiting the breast efficiently. And then to clean up afterwards, you know, fix your garments and return to the workplace. So it's a 30 minute break can go by really fast and learning how to use that to pump efficiently is something that you'll learn actually pretty quickly after doing it a few times. So if you want to do a test run at home within that same time frame before you return to work, you can really whittle that time down to make the most of that 30-minute session. Yeah. And for everyone listening, I mean, anything we start new, like if it's a new experience, like she said, I mean, of course, it's, it may be a little bit clunky, just like maybe starting nursing was, or if you started pumping, you know, ever, or, you know, starting any new experience. So totally an adjustment of finding that groove and finding, you know, that system that works. And, it, and like you said, it can look so different for every um, mom. So and also just depends on what job she's at and what situation is with her, you know, with her pumping speed and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. what's going on. So I I really appreciate that. When do you recommend, so if a mother was never pumping and just say she was solely nursing, okay, and now she's going to go back to work, do you have an opinion or recommendation on when to start introducing pumping sessions into the picture? Um, You know, how soon before going to work that you would kind of encourage that? Yeah, absolutely. I suggest no less than two weeks before returning to work Mm -hmm. because you're going to need to figure out what nipple your baby likes. They usually say bottle. It really comes down to the nipple. That's the part baby's interacting with. And if you've been to a baby store, you know that there's a whole bunch of different kinds of bottle nipples. Um, So finding out what bottle nipple your baby likes and is able to take and then practicing using your pump, learning how to use your pump. Um, And I suggest to pump at least once a day to have enough stored up for that first day or two back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no less than two weeks. And really, after you have a baby and you get that nursing relationship all ironed out, whether there's any, you know, oral ties, or you need your latch assessed by a professional, after you get that all ironed out, you can begin pumping. Um, I I I wouldn't go crazy because you mentioned that oversupply um, you don't want to like spur on accidental yeah. oversupply, but you can pump once a day nearly from the beginning. And people think, okay, well, like if I'm nursing, will my milk run out? Well, nurse first, yeah, always, always nurse first. And then keep in mind that unless you're replacing a nursing session with a pumping session, any milk output you're looking at is left over. Yeah. So Don't freak yourself out if you only get half an ounce or an ounce right after nursing. You should have enough milk 
for your baby by the next time they're hungry because breast milk is like, it's like a river and not like a pond. So you're not slowly emptying a pond. You're asking your body for milk. It's giving you milk. And then by the next time your baby is hungry, your body will produce another letdown and it'll have enough milk to feed baby. So get those practice pumps in early. Oh, a good time of day to do it is after your first nurse of the day mm-hmm. because your body makes more milk generally makes more milk in those early morning hours. So if you are worried about not having enough milk, it might give you some peace of mind to do it first thing in the morning. That's a great tip. Um, I I really like that because again, having some sort of plan to, you know, kind of get ready for that transition and practice before is so important. What are some other common hurdles that you see when you're starting to incorporate pumping, maybe um, emotionally, physically, some things that you hear, or maybe, you know, that you've counseled other moms about? Um, so when you're tied down to a pump, um, and you have a pump that is plugged into a wall, it often becomes difficult to care for baby while you're pumping. Um, so Mm -hmm. again, like everything practice makes perfect and you get really good at entertaining baby while you pump, even feeding baby with a bottle while you pump milk, which Seems impossible at first, but with a little practice, and I have lots of examples on my Instagram page and on my website, um, you can get really good at multitasking, um, caring for baby. You can even burp baby while pumping. I've changed diapers while pumping. So if you're thinking, oh no, like I'm out of commission for the next 20 minutes or 30 minutes because I'm tied to this pump, practice, talk to other moms, what works for them? How are they continuing to care for their baby while pumping? Oh, these are great tips. Um, and what would you say is your biggest tip or kind of mantra as a mom goes through this transition? Oh, my goodness. Just have grace with yourself, mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have grace with yourself and your body and your baby. There is so much that you can't control. Um, do what you can. You know, honor your own specific journey. And then... If you do need to begin to supplement with formula, that's okay. So a baby will generally take about an ounce to an ounce and a half for every hour you're away from them. So in a typical work day, a breast milk fed baby will take, let's say, three to four, four ounce bottles of milk. That's pretty typical average um, for a baby going to daycare. So Say you only make 10 ounces, but baby needs 16 ounces. Some moms get really freaked out and they think, oh my gosh, I have to start Mm. formula. And then what happens is they mentally put this upon themselves. Oh, I need to start formula. Well, I'm just going to quit breastfeeding Mm, altogether and switch to formula. You don't have to. It is not all or nothing. Yes. So I just want to leave you with the encouragement that, you know, if you have to start feeding formula, okay, do it. And then nurse at home, you know, pump what you can at work, supplement the rest with formula and keep on nursing at home. You can have it both ways. Thank you so much for joining me. This was so great. Um, Where can people find you again? Tell me about your social media channel, um, anything else you'd want to, you know, where people can find you and get your support. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, You can find me on Instagram. That's my main platform at pump underscore mama m-o-m-m-a underscore pump so it's pump mama pump with two underscores and pump mama pump.com 
I will be attaching all of these to my show notes, everyone, because I myself get so much good information from Melissa's page, which is why I wanted her on my podcast. So make sure you follow her. Like she said, I'll add it to my show notes and visit her website. Thanks again for joining me, Melissa. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.